You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. All right, welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. I have an awesome guest today. It is Cadre Cleave. He is a Force Recon Marine, father, husband, and a giver of pain in the uh, Go Rock community. Um, he's well known in that uh, community as the, the guy with the cards. And uh, we might dive into that a little bit later, but that's uh, how I was introduced to him. It was, I think, August of 2016 in the Boston Commons. And yeah. I was just, I remember Joanne and I were sitting there. We're like, all right, we have no idea what we're getting into. We, we read this thing about go rock on the CrossFit journal. And then we see this guy walking through the, the woods there and we're like, all right, we're going to get our asses handed to us tonight. So here we go. So Cleve, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So that, uh, that was a, uh, defining moment or a pivotal moment in my fitness journey was, was those go rock events. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved with go rock? Yeah, absolutely. So back in, I want to say it was like the spring or maybe the summer of 2015, uh, big daddy, John Koff was retiring out of the Marine Corps and he had already been with go rock for a period of time. Um, and he retired and I helped one of my best friends, make his retirement paddle and in the Marine Corps, um, in the, in, in the reconnaissance sports reconnaissance community, if you were the damn, you know, it's a tradition that we have where we decorate a paddle in various colors that are applicable to you as an individual, as a recon Marine. Um, and then whether you get out or you go on to your next unit or whatever, your peers present you with this token appreciation, you know, this piece of honor. Um, so at the end of the whole thing, he had actually called me and was super appreciative of uh, the help that I put into uh, for his paddle, his retirement paddle of all. Um, and he is a dynamic individual. I mean, like not just outside of the Marine Corps and what he did for GORUCK and what he did for a couple other entities, but I mean, like truly, truly lives by his name of like Big Daddy, you know, so he said, if they ever need anything, you know, or, you know, even want to, you know, try out at this, you know, go up cadre thing, don't hesitate, hit me up. And at the time I was kind of like, all right, cool. You know, like going through, you know, I was in college full-time uh, and I was working, you know, full-time as well. And then having, you know, family was like, man, I don't, I don't really know if I'm ever going to have time or something like that. And then as luck would have it, you know, I, you know, reached out to BD and was like, Hey man, I could really use some extra scratch. Um, and yeah, he, you know, got me set up with Mocha Mike. And then I did my, I did a tough with Cadre Matt Brady in Princeton, which is coincidentally like right where I live now, Princeton, New Jersey. And um, yeah, it was game on from that point. You know, I, you know, I went to 9-11 in 2015 and that was like my first experience outside of my tough event. And to see how many GRTs, the participants showed up now that was like, uh, it was a whole HTL, HTV now. And that was like, wow. I mean, there was what, I want to say there were seven different cadre that were there working. So I was able to, at times, you know, pick and learn from each one of those cadre. I mean, you had, 
like Joel Fassbender was there. As I mentioned, you had uh, Mocha Mike was there. Um, I mean, man, I, Jesse Jesse Hine was there, you know, like he's the old school cat that used to deliver the paint properly. Uh, I mean, like there was just, there was just a handful of dudes. Danny Stokes was like the lead. And um, I mean, yeah, it was just a great eye-opening experience to see all these great Americans, you know, in New York City for 9-11. And to learn from all these different cadres at once, you know, and that, that, that's pretty much how, you know, I started out with Go Rock back then. What did you learn? So like you're, you're one of the senior GRT, uh, or I guess Go Rock cadre out there. Um, there's quite a few new names in there, but you, you've been around for a while. Um, back then, what did you learn from them that you picked up that you kind of implement now in your events? Honestly, the biggest thing that I remember learning was just having a plan and always staying flexible. Now, this was like a reiteration, but to every event now, it doesn't matter what event it is, no matter where it is, you know, always come up with a detailed plan, you know, always have a contingency, but no matter what, always stay flexible and always stay fluid because anything at any time is going to happen, you know. And that was something that was just repeated over time through other cadre and, and just know and understand that when we're working with GRTs, it's not like we're working with, you know, Marines or soldiers or sailors or whatever the case may be. So it's, it was definitely being a little bit more toned than it was just full bore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you give us just a little background just for the listeners here? What, what are those you mentioned like a HTB, HTL, what, what are those exactly? Yeah, sure. So we have, um, GORUG has a few different types of events and their legacy events are the team-based endurance events that are based on special operations cadre experience, both downrange and, and in training. So those legacy events are broken up into three different categories. You have the heavy, which is a 24 hour event. You have the tough, which is a 12 hour event. And then you have the light or which was the light and is now renamed, rebranded into the basic, which is more or less like an introductory to, you know, the heavier events, the longer events. Right. So the basic is typically like four to five hours, seven to 10 miles, you know, and um, the joke that runs through Goruk is that just because it's called a basic doesn't ever mean it's easy. Like it was just because it's a light doesn't mean it's easy. Like just because the basic doesn't mean it's easy. You know, all of these legacy events and throughout even like the tactical side of the house, all of our events are meant to challenge you, you know, supposed to push you, supposed to, you know, strive for something more than what most of us are accustomed to. So within the legacy events, they're just broken up by time. And I know for, for myself, it means nothing. Like my events are no different. It's just time. So it's always, you know, it's always smiles and miles until it's not. Um, but the idea behind the legacy events is we typically have a theme and, you know, we spend our time, you know, studying and preparing for that theme to be able to deliver it to the participants and then always bridge the gap and then tie the theme to the event. And then also tie you know, the event and the participants to everyday life, both downrange and training, and then also personally, you know? And that's what I really appreciated that. And so did Joanna. Um, Joanna and I both did, I don't know how many of your events, but we, yeah. <laughs> it's been a few. Uh, so to see you guys in the stack too. Yeah. And we really appreciate when you tie that in, the, the stories 
um, not just your personal stories, but the stories of others and those that you've worked with um, into the actual event. It really makes it more impactful. And we come out of it like we didn't just get our asses kicked. Like I can go anywhere and get my ass kicked, but can you get your ass kicked and also learn something in, in yeah. the end of it? Right. And so we've always appreciated that. And that's the reason we want to keep going back because it's the the learning and the lessons that we take away from it that, that really help us. So, and to be honest, like selfishly, I love working those big events because every one of the, like the 24 hour events, like we have to work with another cadre and these these individuals that stand in front of these teams it's like working with your idols like for myself i'm working with my idols you know like i grew up and before i joined the marine corps one of the last movies i saw before going to uh, marine recruit depot in paris island was black hawk down you know it was just just sheer dumb luck chance would have it you know like gung-ho motivator into the marine corps and now I, I walk the, you know, I walk the block and I teach lessons side by side with guys like, you know, John Bellman, Mike Kurth, Aaron Hand, you know, just to name just a couple of those cats. I mean, like Kadri Igor, too. I mean, like these are like my idols. You know what I mean? Like there's they, there's depictions of them in movies. They're in books. And, you know, it's just like, you know, obviously this was a very hard time. You know, the Battle of Mogadishu, you know, like Task Force Ranger back in 93, like. You know, they lost a substantial amount of commandos and there were many lessons that were from that. But to actually get to sit and share those stories back and forth, you know, and then, you know, share, you know, the events with these individuals. It's like, man, like you guys are sitting there learning it, but it almost seems unjust because at like our, we'll call it 15 of a 24 hour event. And you got guys like, you know, Cadre John Bellman, you know, or, or Mike Hurth or any of the other cats you know, that are sitting there sharing a piece of them. It's almost unfair because you guys are just worn out and run out. <laughs> I'm just sitting there with like note taking gear, just like, yeah, tell me more, tell me more. You know, so it's 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 truly it's truly a blessing to be able to to work with some of these professionals. Yeah, it's true. After you've been beat down for for that long, how much of it are you actually absorbing? It's it's sketchy, but yeah, I'm I'm sure you could take a lot from it. That was one of my one of my favorite events was the Mog Mile in, in Tennessee, in Knoxville. Uh, yeah. Bel- it was you and Bellman. Yeah. Uh, man, you took us through the ringer on that one. That was actually, that was my second attempt at an HTL. I did. I tried one in Tampa and the heat and the sand just blistered the hell out of me and couldn't, I couldn't make it. Um, so this is my redemption event was the Mog Mile and, and man, you guys didn't make it easy. So um, that's the, I think, that's the best part about these events is that challenge makes it worth it in the end. So that's my next question for you is, um, I guess, how does doing hard things help us in everyday life? What's the point? Oh my God, man. You know, anything that's worth doing is going to take time, energy, and effort. And, you know, there's, you know, I was actually talking with, all right. So before I get off on a tangent, because there's no feeling like perseverance overall. When you've been down and out, you've been knocked down and you've got up and you've been pushed back and you've come forward, you know, there, and just to know that you made it to something as simple as like the sunrise. After everything that you went through, through that whole night to get to that point, from the time that you stepped off to just making it to the sunrise. And you know, in your heart and your soul that, all right, like this, this, it's a good feeling. It's almost like rejuvenating, uh, rejuvenating and, and it's, and it's like revitalizing and it makes you want to 
for myself, it causes reflection. Then I think back like, all right, cool. Like the next time I'm in this situation, not if, but the next time when I'm in this situation, I'm already going to have indications, warning signs and symptoms that I'm going to be aware of, be mindful of and be able to perform that much better next time. You know, as long as I come into things correct, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, like you've seen it yourself, if you don't show up correct, the, the statistics are already stacked against you and it's not, the odds are not already in your favor. So it comes into having that good detailed plan. It comes into having the discipline and then also showing up correct. So, you know, why do we strive for adversity? Because there's no feeling such as perseverance. Like what you said, and showing up in the right, showing up right, not just means physically, but also mentally. Sure. When I did that first event in Boston, physically, I was there. been doing CrossFit for over a decade. I was like, no problem walking the park. And then we're literally like uh, two hours into it, doing the deck of death for over an hour. <laughs> and then you, you throw us in the Boston Harbor right after that. I was like, I'm not ready. And it wasn't my body. It was my mind. Yeah. And so it took a while. It took a few events before I was like, okay, now I know what mindset I need going into this. So that's, that kind of shifted my training a little bit. Like, okay, I, I, I need to start doing these harder things that are going to be not just saying like, oh man, that was a hard workout. Like, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it through this workout. And then when you do, it, it changes your mind slightly. So there's a, whole shift, there's a whole shift in everything when you, it goes from, and not to take anything away, you know, from like the sport of CrossFit or any of these other, you know, fitness events that are out there, because all in all, like we do that to better ourselves. Right. And, but the thing about like us and it's the different perspective that, Hey, we're not just here to work out. Like we're actually here because, you know, survive our survival and the team survival depends on this. You know what I'm saying? And to bring that, two events it, it there is this shift in perspective where hey we're not just working out for a couple hours it's hey this is the next six to 12 maybe 15 months of our lives you know and then it becomes well you know you have to you know be harder you have to be smarter you have to be faster you have to be stronger uh, because ultimately you know for where we come from where i come from like we're not being evaluated on a PR card. We're not being evaluated on a peer, you know, review. We're being evaluated if we make it and we pull and we're able to manage to bring our, you know, our recondos and commandos off the battlefield, you know, so that's the real ultimate test. And, you know, not saying like any glory hound or anything like that, but it's just this whole mindset of, you know, we have to be fit for X, Y, and Z, not just to be, you know, so there's others when, when you're in that line of work, other lives are on the line. And I've been to a few events where you've kind of made that the, I guess the, the mission basically um, coming back from that boss event, we were on our way back. It was a long stretch. And you're like, two of you just landed on, on a landmine. Can't walk anymore. So like shit. And you're like, and, and you have to get back to home base in 60 minutes while yeah. carrying like the two biggest people on the, on the <laughs> team. Okay. I guess it's go time. Right. So, um, you know, we were in, I was working with Cadre Barbosa in new Orleans a couple of weeks ago and we were closing the heavy and everybody was feeling good. Like they recognized where we were, they're coming down, you know, the, the last mile home stretch, like, and this was, a, I mean, like the climate down there was, was 
was significant. I mean, like it, it was hot. It was humid. The UV index was pounding on us, you know, like I still got tan lines from my knees to my ankles. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, the team just started falling apart and you know, their complacency out, you know, we had to, I had to make it real. You know, it's not, Hey, this event isn't over. You know what I mean? And just because the event is over, life goes on. We still have other things that we have to be aware of, be mindful of. And, you know, that was one of those things. And for myself at events, like I'm not really one to, to celebrate much, you know, it's just, you know, priorities of work, you know, rest, refit and get ready to re-roll. And, you know, we'll, you know, we'll celebrate, you know, humbly in private, you know, we'll mourn, you know, in private, but at the end of the day, like life goes on, we got to continue to keep going, you know? So um, they, they got pretty, they got pretty complacent coming in to final on in NOLA and, uh, that was a grim reminder for them. <laughs> it was just one of those things. It was like, Hey, like this is a D-Day event. Yeah. Like there was no, just, you know, take the beach. It was a whole continent after that from the beach, you know? So that was the reality and the perspective that was relayed at that. <laughs> and it was like, Oh snap. He's right. Like, this is real. Is that part of what you mentioned earlier about being flexible? Like you had a plan, but you saw what was happening and you're like, got to flip it this time and and kind of yeah totally. hit that lesson hard yeah totally and i mean like even still like there's times where as as a cadre like i'll bite off more than i can chew and the event runs over because i find the value in the lesson is more important than just going out to just do something to say check the box we did it you know what i mean and the team had definitely earned those patches and I mean, every team earns their patches, right? But it, in New Orleans, it was that reminder. It was like, yeah, like, you know, doing that for D-Day, like you need to come correct. You need to stay correct because you just never know when it's going to come. So after you do a certain amount of events with you specifically, you have a, what's called a, a perseverance patch, perseverance yep. overall. Yep. Yep. Why, why was that created? Where did that come from? Man. So within the reconnaissance creed, um, there's a section in there, you know, honor, perseverance, spirit, and heart. And I have this, I have this picture where it's this Marine training and he's in the pool and his whole body is underwater and he's holding the rifle overhead. And, you know, it's just that whole perseverance overall just, you know, exudes out of this photo. And then for myself, it's, it's always been, you know, everything has always been, you know, a challenge and as it should have been, you know, because I wouldn't have appreciated anything if it would, if it just came to me easy. Right. So to taste adversity, to really have to fight for it. And it just seemed like a no brainer to me. Um, And it's funny. I just met uh, air force pararescue man, Jimmy settle. And he wrote the book, never quit. And it was crazy how similar our, our two stories were. Um, and his book was so great too. So it was, you know, perseverance overall, you know, never quitting, you know, it went, it went like hand in hand, you know? So um, yeah, it was just one of those things, you know, like hardship, you know, hardship brings, you know, character and, and, and with character brings you know, perseverance. So you know, none of us who are who we are without persevering overall through something. And uh, I feel, you know, lessons are always learned, pain retains kind of thing, you know, so. 
nobody tells stories about the easy times. Yeah. Right. Like it's always about, Oh man, I remember when I remember an event, I'm not even sure where it was, but the American flag hit the ground and we did burpees or eight counts for like an hour and a half in some shitty field with mosquitoes biting us. That is etched in my mind forever. It will never go away. There's quite a few cities where that happens. And it's, it's such a shame, you know, because it's such a snap to reality where it's like, hey, just because you're tired, like there's still individuals. And it's not even just for like the American flag. I mean, like, you know, this has happened in, in different countries where, you know, where the British flag hit the deck, you know, or, or, or the Irish, God forbid, we were in St. Patrick's Day and the Irish flag hit the deck. Like that would have been for the catastrophe in itself too. But <laughs> it happens, you know what I mean? Like people get tired, you know, and they get complacent and then, you know, they lose situational and spatial awareness and there is no sound like a flag, like a flagpole hitting the deck at an event. You can hear that from a mile away. We felt it for many hours after too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, why do you think it's so important to get out of our comfort zone? I just read a, I read, I talked about this a few times on the podcast before, but have you read the book, the comfort crisis? Yeah. Um, I have. So one, I believe it's imperative complacency kills. And when you get comfortable, you get soft. And when you get soft, you lose your edge and you become a liability. So when my whole thing, it's just, you, you, you can't, I mean, like I learned these lessons in the Marine Corps hearing about, you know, infantry units coming back from outside the wire inside friendly lines. And then they would get hit. You know, these guys would be celebrating. They would lower their guard and they would still be outside the wire. And then there would be an ambush or there would be, you know, an improvised explosive device that would go off next to them. And it was just kind of one of those things that you can't be comfortable. You know, you, you, you always have to kind of have a hair on the back of your neck and you always need to be aware, not just of your surroundings, but your space, you know, because it's all too easy for things to happen, you know? So I truly feel that, you know, at times you've got to ride those ebbs and flows, excuse me, but we have to stay sharp. We have to stay hard. You know, we can't allow ourselves to get comfortable, too comfortable or else Murphy's law is always in effect. Right. So I totally understand that. And our listeners will agree with that in the military. That's super important. Why is that important for the everyday Joe? Because to everyday person, it's, not your it's not on your horizon to have to worry about common threats such as near far ambushes or improvised explosive devices you know how we live typically in the west you know we think like all right everyday life go to work come home but who's to say 9-11 doesn't happen here right now you know who's to say the next and this is such a tragedy who's to say the next public, you know, shooting doesn't happen right here, right now, you know, so anything can happen at any given time from any given location to any given person. So I believe that we have to have a certain edge to us. So when things arise, we can address them accordingly. You know, there's the whole fight or flight and no matter how hard you train, if you're not mentally checked in or something happens where it just triggers you wrong, because I've seen individuals who are highly trained in leadership position freeze and crumble so we have to stay hard we have to stay sharp and we constantly need to be checked 
You know what I mean? And I mean, even this, this is even for myself. You know, I, I thoroughly believe that we have to have, you know, those checks and balances. So, hey, not if something goes wrong, when something goes wrong, you know, we can rise to the occasion and do what we would like to think we would do in our minds. It's, that's great advice. I just saw a video recently of the, an American Airlines, I think it was, that landed and the landing gear kind of gave out and it caught mm-hmm. fire and it showed some idiot cell phone selfie the whole way down the slide like out and like that is not no that's not the time for that the time is like i'm wondering if that was the person that was in the emergency aisle like i would i would want to believe that if something happened on a plane and i was in the emergency exit row that i would be ready for that you see those are the those are those individuals they just live their life in this cloud in this bubble it's not actually real. And even when things really do happen, it's just, I, I got to capture this for the gram, if you will. And it's sad to say, but, you know, going back to a couple of books, like if you go back to like tribe, you know, the soft times make soft people. And then people, it's sad. I mean, like not to speculate, but I mean, if you look at what happened prior to Russia invading Ukraine again, uh, there was a lot of speculation that, oh, that's not going to happen. That, you know, that'll never happen. But I mean, like, how many months later are we now? And tanks are still rolling through the Ukraine right now. Like, are you kidding me? And it was just soft time, soft people thinking, you know, looking down their nose at other people saying like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. This is this is the modern day. This isn't the way things work. And it's yeah. like, I hate to break it to you. But most people don't even understand what a man can do to another man. And it's so disgusting. It's so terrifying. And most of us just live in this bubble. We just live in this cloud because it's not even a reality. It's not part of our everyday life. And I stress this, like, how do you explain what something looks like to someone who's blind? How do you explain what something sounds like to someone who's deaf? You know what I'm saying? Like, there, if, unless you experience this, you really don't have that awareness. You don't have that mindfulness. And it's not to take anything away from anybody because I don't wish that crap on nobody. Like it's terrifying. It's horrific. And it's absolutely atrocious, but sometimes things in life happen. And if you're not aware of these things that potentially could happen at any given time, at any given place to any given person, then things when they happen, like you find yourself in a really bad situation and then you deal with things way worse on the other end. Right. So are there any lessons that really stick out for you when you run events that I guess have the most impact on, on the participants? No, honestly, it all comes about from the theme of the event, whatever, you know, whether it's, you know, mobile event, whether it's nine 11, whether it's, you know, D day, you know, all of these different historic battles, I mean, operation Anaconda, red wings, You know, there's all these different stories. There's all these different lessons that come out of every single one of these pieces of history. Right. And I mean, like you go, we can go international and look at, you know, different stories and different, you know, battles or different situations and analyze all that. And but the big thing is keeping it, keeping the event, keeping the theme to the event and then tying that in when it's applicable. So one of the things I really like to do is stop and talk about things that we can train on that we can work on and things that we can sustain with and constantly having those checks and balances and those immediate peer reviews. I think that's so big for growth, not just at an event, 
for the evolution of a team at an event, but things that we can take home with us every day and say, you know, I might not have been in that leadership position, but I see this in my personal life or I see that in my professional life. And this is something that I can address that I can really focus on for the betterment of myself. And that's something that, you know, getting those messages later down the road and people explaining, you know, how much that meant to them and sharing these lessons at their dinner tables or sharing these lessons, you know, at work in a conference room in, in, in front of a meeting. I'm like, you listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny you say that one of the, I think it was actually one of the, the theme was a uh, charming the snake. I think that was 2016. Um, we were in a park. You just made us do this. Um, there was a, like a eight or eight or nine foot beam, like a playground set or something. And you made yeah. us put our whole team over it, but the rule was only two people could touch the beam. Yeah. And we had Dewey on our team and he was like 350. Like that was messed up. But then right after that, you sat us down and you told us about the OODA loop. Yeah. And I've just recently used that with some of my clients. And it's amazing to see how these lessons that I learned, that was a long time. That was six years ago. Yes. How yes. that stuck with me and it's being used in my coaching practice today. I'm just saying awesome. you leave impacts on people, man. It's humbling to hear that. And it's, it's always humbling to learn about how people are applying these lessons. And I mean, it's so great. What, what good is information if it's not shared, you know, and here you got that information and now you're sharing it, you know, to your, to your network. And no, that's great. It's perfect. It's, you know, it's what it's supposed to be. It's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I remember where there was one, it was at that first event, we were coming down that long stretch right before we started. Um, you kind of took us all into this kind of alley or corner. Uh, and you let, you let Joanne and I be exempt from it. It was about talking about the American flag and, and what it meant to you. And you're like, you guys are Canadian. You don't have to participate in this, but we couldn't not yeah. <laughs> after people started sharing, we're like, no, we have to like, and now, now when I see the Canadian flag, I often think back to that chat that everybody had, that everybody shared their, their version of what it meant to them. Um, so, yeah, well, that was no disrespect to you guys. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be disrespectful. Oh, tell us what you, how you feel about, you know, how great our country is. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, but it, it, it left an impact. It's, it's funny. And that was near the end of the, the event. Like the sun was already coming up. Um, it was starting to warm up and everything. We weren't as wet because we were in the water again, but. That's something I haven't done a long time at an event is actually stop at the sunrise of like a heavy or a tough and really let that sink in the folks. I appreciate you bringing that on. I'm going to bring that back at my face. It was a very emotional time. Like we, we just were crushed the entire night. We just ditched that 350 pound log. You had us carry for, I don't know how many hours we had 120 pound sandbag that me and John were just flopping back and forth between each other. And then you're like, what's the American flag mean to you? <laughs> so all soft. these grown men are like talking about it with tears dripping down their eyes. I'm like, Oh my God, what, what are we doing? What kind of event is this? We're connecting and then, with uh, people, such a yeah. higher power, like on such a higher level that, you know, I going to get that at a typical endurance event or, you know, any other type of like fitness event, because Again, I mean, look, look who's leading these events. I mean, patriots who, you know, have gone forward and 
come back with these lessons. To, and it's, it's very humbling to hear from everyday folks and not everybody, there is no everyday, there is no real average Joe. Like everybody's got a story, you know, and every story should be heard. Right. So, um, we just don't always have the time for that shit, <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's the stuff that truly makes it like, yeah, if not me, then who, you know, and to hear it from Americans, Canadians, you know, Brits, Germans, you know, Irishmen, Irish women. And it's just, it, it's crazy. And it's so humbling to hear just about, and, and, and in the UK, they don't really do that. You know, they don't have like that open, you know, national pride. And to them, it's, it's just about having a level of humility and modesty, you know? So, but when we did that, I remember that when we did that over there and we actually got some of the Brits to speak and it was really actually, again, everybody has some, some sort of pride, you know, and then to bring it back from going forward and then hear about other people's personal pride and, you know, into the national banner or their national banner. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It, it really is a beautiful thing and it makes it all so worth it, especially those long, you know, hot days and those dark nights. And, you know, those times when, you know, things were snapping, popping, banging and booming. It's, you know, it, it makes everything so real. It makes everything so much more worth it. Yeah. It brought, it kind of brought everything back. Like, what are we doing here? What's not just here in the event, but here in this world, what are we doing here? And, uh, it, it hit home. I go, I know it left an impact on me and I'm sure it left an impact on many others. So I'm glad to hear that. That's something that you might bring back into your uh, future events. Back, yeah. Write that down. Cool. <laughs> um, I've seen one of your, I don't know if it was one of your quotes, but it's definitely uh, something that I felt that friendships and bonds are forged from doing hard things. And that includes carrying sandbags. Why do you think that is? because it's the absolute appreciation of needing somebody in a particular time. And then somebody shows up in support of you. And that's so much different than just reaching out and having like a blase conversation. It's like, I absolutely need your help right now. And for anybody who's ever come to your aid in a time of need, you know, there's such a higher level of respect and appreciation, gratitude that it, it makes us close. It forges us, you know, like iron sharpens iron, you know, and, you know, fire forges steel. And sometimes we just got to spice things up a little bit to realize and understand, hey, who is really there for me when I need or when I need them? Excuse me. And um yeah, it's just one of those examples of, you know, those bonds that are created through, you know, trial by fire, trial by combat. I mean, my best friends are all individuals that you know, we went through fucking hell together. And it's those people that like, I know when I'm down and out or when there's anything going on there, I pick up a phone and it could be four o'clock in the morning for them on like a Wednesday and they answer it. You know, same thing, and it's reciprocal, and it's just just knowing it. And um, I just wish that we would stop losing some of our, you know, some of our brothers in arms who, who do go internal. So, but I hear you. I, you mentioned the word support, and that is one of the words that the cadre at, at any event teaches their participants to say 
when you need help, you, you yell support. You yeah. don't just say, you don't just say it quietly, you yell it. And then the next thing that you said, uh, if not me, then who? And that was the lesson that was instilled in me. I would repeat that. I may have just come off a sandbag. And if someone yells support, I ask myself, well, it's not gonna, if it's not going to be me, then who's it going to be? And so then I'd step up. And that's, that was just, it didn't, it didn't happen in the first event. The first event was like shock and awe, like what yeah. the fuck's happening to me. Um, it came after, it was a, a Veterans Day event. It was also in Boston, actually, with uh, Dustin. And I can't remember who else was there. Might have been Cadre Mike, uh, Hot Mike. No, no, one of the mics. There's too many mics in. Go <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, after that event, it that really it made everything make sense um, about that whole concept of support and helping others when they need it. And and you just you explained it very well just now. So thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Who makes the best leaders? You've how many people? All right, let's go back. How many Gorok events have you led or been a, a cadre with? Oh, ballpark. Man. I think I'm at a without looking, I want to say I'm out on or about 270. All right. And of the 270, about how many participants over those events? It's got to be in the thousands. Uh, maybe like 1,500, 2,000, maybe. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Well, like the New York event, like there's almost 200 people in that alone, <laughs> yeah. right? Like those, those are huge events. Yeah. Um, you have seen so many people and part of those events, you often call out for, for team leaders and assistant team leaders in your eyes as a cadre, what are the best qualities? Who makes the best leaders? Man. Leadership can be trained and you know inspected but natural leadership just comes from within and there is no makeup or breakup of what an individual you know who an individual is that just has natural you know born leadership i mean because i've seen people from all walks of life from all parts of the world that they naturally step up whether they're white collar or blue collar i mean yeah i've seen and this is, I'm just, this is just me talking about my own, you know, I've seen Marines shy away from it. And, you know, we've been told in like the Marine Corps where if, you know, you have same, you know, E4s, right. And across, you know, the Marines, the army, the Navy, the air force, you know, coast guard, you know, the Marine is naturally going to be the one to step up in the leadership position, but I've seen the contrary to that. You know, so that's not always the case. It's not always a makeup of somebody or the breakup of somebody. It's just here. You know, there's just this thing inside that demands of one to stand out in front of others, to step up to the responsibility and to maintain the accountability, you know, of those that are around them. So to answer your question, it's, it's just in someone's DNA, I feel. I, I just think it's natural. Can you identify that before kind of event starts who's gonna stick out well that's why we have welcome parties <laughs> <laughs> so that's your litmus test basically yeah i mean like the thing about the welcome party is we can see within half hour 45 minutes of you know who's who's who in the zoo the other thing is that's more of a challenge is actually identifying 
who actually has balance and knows when to turn it on, knows when to turn it off and knows how to kind of just ride that ebbs and flow. You know what I'm saying? Like who can pick up velocity and maintain momentum? And that's a harder thing to identify at events because I mean, <laughs> you've seen some folks show up and in the parking lot hear them talking and, oh, they're going to crush this event and this, that, and the third. And I mean, these are like, if you, if you can envision like a freaking like Greek God speaking inside, like speaking outside of an event in a parking lot, come zero two, zero three, that person's been deflated and you just never know. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's such a surprise and it's such a cool thing. Cause I mean, look at, look at who finishes HTBs. You know, look across, you know, all the event weekends on who finishes HTBs. That is a very diverse breakup of individuals, you know. So who's who? You never know, you know. And that's why that's why I say, it. you know, it's it's you just facilitate it. You know, people want to be challenged. They want, you know, they, they want to do the hard thing. You know, as humans, we're inherently lazy. But there are those of us who are out there that are seeking a higher challenge in life that know that where we are is breeding complacency and we want to be harder. You know, we want to be, you know, we want to seek battle. We want to seek challenge. We want to seek, you know, education, you know, we want to seek growth. And these are the things where we go and we seek these adversities, you know, we go and, you know, look for the harder thing to do. So, man, I'll tell you, you just never know. You never know who's standing in the stack and you never know who, you know, really has the heart of a lion. I'm sure you've, you've seen the full spectrum. Like I've been, I think 23 events now I've seen the worst team leads you could ever imagine. And I've seen a lot of really amazing ones as well. And I don't know if you can, you'll agree with me or not, but I find the ones that are the best are the ones that a keep their head on a swivel they're constantly looking around and making sure they're identifying any weak points in the team or in the stack and, and making sure that they're in the front, not, not falling behind. Uh, and then the other is that they show kind of a sense of empathy, I guess, or compassion for, for the group, but in a harder way, it, it can't, no, they're not allowing complacency basically. Sure. I would say those are my top two for what I would say is, you know, a quality team leader in, in those type of events. Yeah, I would say it definitely takes a level of observation. Um, it definitely takes a level of delegation. And then also, you know, having the awareness that, like you were saying about like empathy and, and knowing that, hey, you, we can't just keep putting the same individual on a 120 for 23 hours. Like that's not going to work. Like we have to be able to, you know, hey, this person needs, they, they need some time, like, from, you know, without being underneath this buck 20, you know, we need to, hey, I need you to step up, you know, I, like, I don't care, everybody's hurting, get in there, you know, and to, to, to actually reach out and pull somebody out there, like, that's the difference between, like, true leadership and not leadership, is somebody who's willing to just say, hey, listen, like, delegation, and also identification of, who's who and how to be able to allocate the right assets in the right places and also know how to shuffle people in and out of those sub teams so that they can support in other places, you know? So it's, it's definitely a juggling act. And I mean, there's a lot of first timers who come in and they rock it out. And there's a lot of first timers who come in and it's like, wow, what am I doing having you in charge right now? You know, yeah. but then there's also those folks who have had multiple events 
and they kind of understand how the events are going to work. And they still judge. It's just, what am I doing? Putting you in charge. (laughs) I know. Well, I think it was a few events. You, you always, you always ask who's never done a go rock event before. And when those hands go up, you just kind of bookmark them. You're like, okay, there's some team leads that we're going to try out. Yeah. That's how it goes. Draw by fire. I'm that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's how it goes. All right. Before we finish this up, I'd like to, I always end every podcast with uh, one question. And this podcast is about resilient humans. I believe GORUCK, GORUCK's motto or, or tagline is building better Americans. I'm not American and I've done my fair share of GORUCK events. So I see it as building resilient humans. Oh, yeah. Just That's it. You're, you're making people more resilient by putting them through these hard things. Like you said, iron, iron uh, sharpens iron. So what is your one tip? to help somebody become a more resilient human other than say, sign up for a go rock event and get crushed by me. <laughs> have their vulnerability to be open enough to put your shortcomings out there and then allowing others to hold you accountable to make you better. So I know that sounds probably scary, and to open yourself up to, you know, like I said, your vulnerabilities. But ultimately, I would think, and I do think, and I do believe that in order for us to be resilient, in order for us to essentially to be harder individuals in this world, uh, we have to be aware of our vulnerabilities. And, you know, we have to be open to hear that from our peers to say, hey, check it out, you know, you were doing this and it took too long where I think if you would have done this better, you know what I mean? Just kind of give those honest, transparent um, feedback loops that that's going to make us harder. Like I think we need to stop looking at things and, you know, shying away from mistakes or, you know, setbacks or whatever. I think we need to look at those as more as opportunities for growth and have that tough skin to say, Hey, you know what? Like I did make this mistake what can I do in the future to learn from it, to be aware of it, to be better for next time, you know? So ultimately I think it's just being aware of our vulnerabilities. Would somebody start with that? Like what, that sounds great. hundred percent. I agree with it, but how do you start with that? Like what's the first step to, to identifying those (laughs) very bluntly, just write out on a piece of paper or like on your device, like I suck at, and then write bullet one, two, and three. You know, and then go take that to people that, you know, you trust and you confide in and say, hey, here's here's a few things in which I need to work on. I think that you portray these characteristics or these traits that could help me, you know, be better at these certain things. And then obviously have the open mind to the constructive criticism to be able to take it when, you know, they do hold you accountable. So that would be my best my best offer on how you would start off with so you said it that that is hard that would be a hard thing to do but that's what this whole conversation has been about is sure. doing the hard things yeah. regardless right absolutely Steve, i super appreciate you coming on here and chatting with me it's been a while it's been a couple of years since i've seen you i think last time I was at an airport we were headed home from somewhere but <laughs> i don't know where that was but i'm sure we'll uh, cross paths again soon I know Joanne and I are itching to, to get back into this Goruck stuff. So yeah. uh, we'll, uh, we'll find you. We'll, we'll find where you're at next and, and jump in with you. 
Hey, man, you just got to be able to pin me down on the map because I'm everywhere at any point, it seems. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate having the opportunity to come here and chat with you. Right on. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe, and I'll see you next time.